your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. the Wednesday, May 19th edition of Locked On Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast where we talk about all things Florida Panthers. I'm Armando Velez from PantherParkway.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Mondoman12. You can also follow the show account at LO underscore FLA Panthers. You can also follow the national show, Locked On NHL, anywhere you listen to podcasts and their Twitter page at Locked On NHL Pods. And don't forget the Cross Check NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. And today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our locked-on rooms. Locker room. Change it away. We talk sports. So, the Florida Panthers, they worked so hard to get this home ice advantage, especially in that final regular season series of the year where they outscored Tampa Bay 9-1. to and we realized fairly quickly, fairly, fairly quickly, that the postseason is a very different animal. And it shows with how the Tampa Bay Lightning performed in these first two games. Yeah, they had two of their main pieces back in the lineup. They look like a completely different team. But as promised to the listeners, I'm bringing in one other guest to the show to talk about this 3-1 to loss against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And today, my guest is the boss, Frank Rikas. Frank, how are you, buddy? <laughs> Please remember, the boss is reserved for Bruce Springsteen, but I appreciate the title. <laughs> <laughs> um I'm good. A little tired from this game, but, uh, you know, let's talk about it and see what we, what you and I can figure out. Yeah. And this was, this was something where the Florida Panthers, they dealt with their first level of adversity really this year. And for those listening today, that also listened to yesterday's show, I ended up posting my article on pantherparkway.com talking about the Florida Panthers' real first real test when it comes to this season. And unfortunately, didn't pass with this 3-1 to loss. And here we are, Frank. We are down 0-2 and having to go on the road against the defending Stanley Cup champions. And this is and even more adversity now that the Florida Panthers have and a bigger hill to climb than 
than we probably anticipated heading into this series. Yeah, I think a lot of people thought that uh, at least after the first two games that we would probably be at, uh, you know, one and one, uh, you know, uh, especially the way that Florida played in the final two regular season games, uh, things seem to be, you know, under control. But obviously you get Stamkos and Kucherov back on Tampa and now you're facing a totally different group. Uh, their confidence was obviously significantly boosted. And, uh, you know, the, Pan- the Panthers just, you know, they've, they've made some mistakes. They've made some emotional mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that caused them to lose Sam Bennett for this game. Uh, you know, I don't fault him for what he did. It, you know, was it dumb? I don't know if it was dumb, but the fact of the matter is, is he's an emotional guy and he's been, you know, successful since, since he came onto the team and, uh, was it an aggressive play? Sure. So he got suspended, but you know, there could have been some other suspensions and I, I'm the last guy that's going to complain about officiating and refing. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, tonight's game. Uh, was certainly winnable. Uh, I think they just started off a little nervous. Drieger admitted in the uh, post-game uh, press conference that he was a little nervous, but he ended up settling down. Um, we just need our best players to really be our best players, and I think uh, some of our second-caliber players just need to play at 100% of their level. Yeah, and... The Tampa Bay Lightning really set the tone early and within the first five minutes and an unfortunate bounce starting off early where Stamkos was trying to squeeze a pass. I was I believe it was to Kalorn and it ended up deflecting off the skate of Anton Stroman. And, you know, Anton Stroman, like sometimes it's just a matter of bad positioning or where his knees were facing towards the goal. So that's why it deflected that way. And, you know, you can't fault Chris Drieger for that, of course. And Anton Strong was trying to make a play there, but his body positioning, his angling was more towards the goal, and that's how it deflected in. And, you know, that was really the tone setter in that one. What What do you think about that one? Yeah, I think that kind of put uh, – uh a little bit of a cause for concern in the Panthers and, you know, already you're chasing the game on an unfortunate play and an unfortunate bounce, however you want to call it. And uh, now, you know, Tampa's got the lead. They're on the road. All they really want to probably try and do is keep the game close, knowing that, uh, you know, they've, they've got a full roster of players. Um, and, And the Panthers, I think at, uh, during uh, many points during the game were too fancy, were too cute, and there was too much passing. I mean, I know that I either said it out loud here at home and I typed it out a few times on Twitter. I mean, stop the damn passing. you got to take some shots. There were, were multiple times when uh, players were, you know, trying to make a play through traffic, and that's just you, – you can't do that. The playoffs is a totally different brand of hockey. You have to be – um, a lot smarter and you, you have to be less cute. There was too much cuteness, I think, in certain things. And I know that there's one play that we're going to ultimately get to that uh, maybe wasn't all that cute, but it was just, just a lazy, lazy play. Mm-hmm. And 
there were times where the Cats had a lot of offensive zone time, especially early on in the first period. The, they yeah. had a really long offensive zone shift. Tampa Bay iced it. It was like a good two to three minute stretch where the Cats had were just in in the offensive zone, but not even they were getting the quality shots on Vasilevsky. And let let's talk about these first two games on Vasilevsky. I didn't re- even feel like he was really challenged in these first two games. Like so, and I think it was more on the other end where I mean, I'm. If I, I, I'm not, we're not really analytics people, but if I, I feel like if you were to pull that high danger chances, that one, I feel like Chris Strieger and Sergei Bobrovsky would have the higher numbers in that category versus what Vasilevsky had on his end. Oh, I, I, I would agree with you, Armando, hundred percent on that. You know, that, that offensive zone time that we had, uh, you know, for, I don't know, it seemed like at least a good solid couple of minutes, including the icing. Um, there were no real quality shots taken. And I don't even know exactly how many shots might've been taken, but then it was also, um, you know, a staple throughout the game that Vasilevsky wasn't really tested. A lot of the shots were right into his pad. A lot of the shots were right into his chest. Uh, there maybe were a few that, you know, he had to make a, a good save on, but there were also a bunch that we missed. And all of a sudden for a little while, it was like we were the gang that couldn't shoot straight and nothing was, uh, nothing was accurate at all. So he, I don't think he's really been tested. Um, I think our goaltending has been tested more. And I don't think you can blame either game on either of our goaltenders. I, I, I personally don't think that uh, either goaltender lost uh, either game for us. And that's just my, my personal opinion. I think it had more to do with uh, the players up front, uh, the defense. Uh, we've made some defensive blunders that you know we probably weren't making during the regular season, but uh, they certainly cost us uh, these last two games. Yeah, and with with the goalies, they sometimes they were left on an island and sometimes they were just unfortunate bounces. And there was one very unfortunate bounce where it got off an original point shot by Braden Point. Not, not, not a shot from the point, excuse me. A shot right in front of the net by Braden Point, deflected off the post, and Palat follows up. And, you know, another another goal that you can't really fault Chris Trieger in because, depending on the angle, those can go anywhere, and Palat follows up. And the, the this that was at the 1457 mark of the first period. And this, this is where the crowd really really got quiet this is where the panther fan like you and i watching at home just now now your heart kind of like starts to sink a little bit and it's like oh no you're you're already down one nothing you're already and you're down two to nothing like three-fourths through the first period and i gotta give you credit frank where (laughs) panther's twitter was a mess and you were trying to keep everyone calm and even keeping people on the Panther Parkway group chat call, um, calm as far as like the nerves and trusting Coach Q. And I mean, Coach Q has been been there before and I'm not sure if he's ever been through an O2 deficit. I, I don't remember any of them on the top of my head, but 
if there's anyone that I want to ride with down 0-2 going on the road, I, it's Coach Q. Well, he was down 3-1 to one against the Detroit Red Wings uh, in 2013, and they won that series. Oh, the Seabrook so, shot in yeah. Game 7? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's he's certainly been there before. But, you know, my whole point is that, you know, yeah, we're down two games to none. Am I, am I upset? Of course I am. Uh, am I angry that we're in this position? Of course I am, but I'm not going to give up. And, you know, as, as a lifelong hockey fan, um, I've been through a number of playoff rides. And until you've lost four games, it's not over. If you want to think and feel that it's over, you know what, man, that's, that's your thing. But um, this has been the most talented team the Panthers have ever, I think, taken into a playoff um, uh, series and uh, they have the best coach that they've ever had. So there's a lot of things that can still go our way. Uh, obviously game three, uh, in, in the first game in Tampa, you know, our, our back is against the wall. Um, and, and we have to win that game because you don't want to be down three games to nothing in their building. So, uh, how we respond Thursday night, uh, has to be, you know, we probably could use a quick goal as early as possible, kind of get their crowd out of the game. Cause you're right. When, when we went down to nothing, uh, the silence was almost like, you know, it's like there was nobody in the rink, uh, for a while. And, uh, that's not good. You really want to feed off some crowd noise. So, um, I think, you know, I, I I'm not the fan police. I don't want to be the fan police, mm. just, but you know, uh, let's, let's try not to give up yet. Yes. As a, as a fan base, we've been hugely, disappointed over the years and a lot of people are starting to think that it's the same thing over and over again but you know what it's not over yet and try to have a little bit of faith and a little bit of confidence because really anything can happen this episode is brought to you by locker room locker room is the first social audio platform made for sports fan the app is free to download and once you're in you can talk with me other fans athletes and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport I'll be hosting Locker Room for Locked On Panthers this week before Game 4, so you can join in on the conversation you listen on here every day. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the NHL. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. You'll have a chance to chat with me and might even have a chance to be featured on the Locked On Panthers podcast through our locker room conversations. Be f- sure to join me before game four, which is a matinee matchup Saturday at 1230, maybe around like 10, 11 a.m. What I'm going to do is I'm going to have some breakfast and chat with you about game four over some breakfast. Hey, maybe I might even tell you what I'm having for breakfast. And we have a little bit of a conversation over a breakfast table about the Florida Panthers game four matchup against the Tampa Bay Lightning. So go to the free locker room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NHL group of the latest league updates. Follow me at LO underscore FLA Panthers to be notified when my room goes live. I know you won't want to miss it. I'm planning to be live this week, Saturday, around 10 to 11 a.m. I can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the Florida Panthers. See you there. Locker room. Change it away. We talk sports. Did you know that Built Bar 
has nine delicious flavors, plus the occasional limited time flavor. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. There's coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. So there's something for everyone. Know what my favorite flavor is? Is the peanut butter brownie. If you've tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, they're healthy too. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and only four grams of net carb. A couple of other flavors have 18 grams of protein, just 180 calories, and just five grams of sugar, and five grams of net carb. Nine amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Order today and get that raspberry or mint brownie or whatever you like. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 50% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. One player I want to talk about is Mackenzie Weger in this one. As great as he's been all season, Game 2 wasn't his best from a disciplinary standpoint. And through 31 seconds of the second period, he gets a delay of game call where, I mean, the Tampa Bay Lightning didn't score on that power play. They, they actually didn't score on the power play at all. So, so the these are just more times that you're spending in your defensive zone and away from the other side. Talk, talk, let's talk a little bit about Mackenzie Weger's game for game two. Well, he has been so solid all season, right? And I mean, uh, for a guy that um, has improved so much in one year, he certainly picked the wrong game to lay an egg because, gosh, I don't want to say he was awful, but he was pretty bad. Um, and I don't know what's going on in his head. Uh, is he tired? Is he mentally drained? Is he physically drained? Uh, I don't know what it is, but he is not the McKenzie Weger that we've been seeing uh, all season. Uh, certainly not the McKenzie Weger that has stepped up. And, uh, you know, when, when Eckblad went down, it seemed like Weger got even better. Um, but this was not his best. And, man, we need him to play a hell of a lot better than he played tonight. And uh, the, the, the penalty that he took at the end of the second period, you know, that was just another undisciplined play. And I, I think that was worse than uh, the Bennett hit as far as for the, the, the stupidity level. That was just bad. That was just a bad, bad decision on his part. So um, he's got to pull it together because we need him to be so much better than he was. And um, you know, I don't know what else to say about it, but uh, it's just disappointing to see him play uh, as bad as he played tonight. And if this was his worst game and he got it out of his system, okay, great. But I just hope it's, uh, you know, not too late for him to turn around. Mm -hmm. In our roundtable discussion the other week, and the other day, excuse me, we talked about if, if the physicality and the chippiness was going to continue carrying over. And 
actually in this one, I think in game one they got most of it out of their system because I don't believe there was as far as like roughing calls and two players going to the box, I don't think we had a single four on four in result of that, with the exception of Florida killing a Tampa Bay power play based on a penalty while on the man advantage. But I think now with game with everything going on in game one with so many four on fours, I think after what we saw in game two, which less of these fightings or four on four, maybe it's the officials getting more of the control of the players. But I think this is a sign of what could happen in the rest of the series. Now that these, with the exception of Uyghur Mm -hmm. penalties, I think that this is really where both teams are really starting to tell themselves, Hey, don't do anything that will cost this team to go down a man and eventually result in a goal at the other end. Yeah. I mean, I think most of the shenanigans were (laughs) took place in game one. Uh, This was, I mean, this was still, uh, it it had some, you know, physicality to it, but it didn't have the nonsense and the chaos as much as uh, it did in game one. Like after the play stop, there were some face washes and stuff like that going on, but, um, the, the rough stuff was, was not at the same level, um, as the first game, but I think the Panthers need to be careful because now that, uh, Tampa is going to be on their home ice, you know, they're going to be playing with a ton of confidence. They're up two games to none. And I bet you they're going to try and get underneath our skin a little bit. And because of, um, our desperation, which hopefully we're playing with some desperation on Thursday night. You know, we got to be very, very careful to keep our um, emotions in check and not fall into uh, that, you know, that trap where, um, you know, we're goaded into penalties and and that because that that's just that's just going to do us in. And um, we've got to be just be able to to play to play our game. And I, and I don't know if you noticed this, but we seem to be on the perimeter a lot tonight. I don't think we did too much. Uh, you know, from in close, I don't think we tried to create a lot of traffic in front of Vasilevsky. Um, I, I just didn't see it. And that, that's, that kind of stuff bothers me. I don't know if you noticed that too, or what your thoughts were. I, I, I did notice that actually. And yeah, I, I didn't see a, I didn't really see a player like a Patrick Hornquist too much in front, uh, creating any difficulty for a Andre Vasilevsky. And I spoke about this with Tom yesterday on this episode i think i think patrick hornquist is still probably playing hurt still with 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 his injury i mean sure he missed he made he missed a few weeks and he's coming back just for game one of the playoffs and you know i i i'm i'm looking at natural stack trick and every right now as we speak and yeah not a lot of not a lot of shot attempts really in front of the the net with the exception of marchments from the low slot and a lot of them a lot of them are showing it from the point so and, yeah. and the right and the right face off circle the goalie's left so yeah. yeah there's there's not really too much there wasn't really too much of those chances right in front of the net and you know the further you are from the net the lower percentage shots the, those are so yeah, they they just gotta find a way to like really get in front of his face. 
Yeah, they got to they got to do some of the stuff that uh, you know, they had been doing previously where they won, you know, uh some games against Tampa. I mean, I I, I like Mason Marchman a lot. I really think that he's uh, you know, uh he's he's a he's a good grinding, gritty player and we need what he brings, but we you know, we need some more players to be doing that and uh one guy that I don't really I didn't really notice too much tonight was uh Frank Vitrano. Mm-hmm. Um I personally didn't see him or hear his name uh, too much. And, um, you know, we need guys like that. We, you know, we, if, if Tampa's going to shut down the top line, then we need like the second line or the third line to contribute because, um, you know, it's just, it's, we got to get a collective effort from everybody. And even Q said it on the press, you know, in his press conference that we need everybody playing at their best. And, uh, to that effect and we we need we need guys to have better nights than they had and i think he's a hundred percent correct he's not going to name names at least publicly but uh, i think there's a few players on the team who know that they need to step up mm-hmm. and look at frank Petrano's ice time he had the second lowest ice time of all the forwards mm-hmm. second to second to lomberg in this one and Lomberg's another player I, I kind of want to talk about. Every time I feel like he's on a breakaway, I feel like nothing's going to happen. And I, and I feel that, I, I mean, I, 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 like, I like Lomberg's intensity. Don't get me wrong. I like that he yeah. gets in players' faces, but I always worry that he's always going to do something dumb to, to, to cost this team something. He hasn't done anything egregious. Like, he, like he, we, they have gone four on four, but I feel like something crazy might happen that it might be in a result in an actual power play. What do you think about that? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I like his grit and I like his, you know, uh, aggressive behavior. I just think he's probably got bricks for hands and he might've went to the Derek McKenzie breakaway school, um, <laughs> you know, because he's never just going to score on a breakaway. Um but you know, as as good as he is with um, his his physicality and his 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 hustle, there are times when we're going to need a guy like that or a, a guy on that position to score because he seems to get some chances. He's got to be able to bury the puck once in a while. He just has to, and I think you know that that hurts. That hurts when he doesn't because he he seems to get some quality chances sometimes and. Uh, he's got to capitalize on one of them. Yeah, and and sometimes in order to shift the momentum, sometimes sometimes a goal from the bottom six can definitely change Huge. so much. And it, I'm not I'm not saying that the bottom six has to be really the reliant part of the team, but you know, at least create that shock throughout the the rest of the team that a little bit of confidence, a little bit of momentum heading, heading later into the game, but yeah, give them a lift. Mm, absolutely. And let's, let's talk about the power play in this one. And even on, even on the power play, we talked about it. There's too much passing. There is, there is a point where there is a Huberto was drawing towards Vasilevsky in the slot and he chooses to pass to his right in traffic to Barkov instead of going for it. And that's when I really tweeted, 
in the that that's when frustrations were hitting at an all-time high during that game and i was just literally yelling at the tv kubi shoot and in this in this one after getting three points in game one the um jonathan huberto in this one was a minus two in this game and you know like you said the florida panthers just tried to be too cute trying to make that extra pass and tom tom actually and i were talking about the styles of the power play where Huby and barkoff are the distributors they're playmakers but we we just need a little bit more aggressiveness from them yeah, I mean, I think Huberto's always had this, I'll say, problem in the, well, currently as well as in the past, where he's a pass-first guy. And it's just sometimes his decision process, I just don't understand it. You're, you're trying to pass through, you know, six legs of people to get all the way across to the other side for a maybe shot. And we get burned all the time. And when, when, when you need a goal, you got to take the shot. Even if it's a if it's a it's a, a save, maybe it's a deflection, uh, maybe it goes off the side to another player who might have a half open net because he's in the right spot. But uh, it's the cuteness that you can't be cute in the playoffs. You can't be cute uh, when, when you're trailing. You can't be cute when uh, you know you're 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 towards the end of a game or you're on a a power play, which you know you're not getting a lot of power plays during the game anyway. You know the team that usually takes advantage of their special team opportunities is usually going to be the one that's going to win the game in the series. And, uh, and they're, and to me, their power play just looks very predictable, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, And I think that if uh, Tampa plays an aggressive style um, on the penalty kill, and I think the Panthers just have difficulty, uh, compensating for that and there was a couple times i think and i forget who the player was right now i can't remember um but the puck was near the blue line as the panthers were coming across and he tried to make a couple of moves didn't make it instead of shooting the puck deep and trying to you know win a board battle or win a battle in the corner and then the puck goes down to the other end and we got to regroup and start all over so um it, it goes back to the decision making process the aggressive mindset and uh, the cute factor, and we got too much cute factor tonight. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. The NBA and the NHL are in their stretch runs right before the postseason begins. Get all the latest news and odds and info on all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC slash MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news. Sign up for bonuses and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their run to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Use the promo code. Locked on. One player on the opposite side that we we saw really attacking the Florida Panthers really all game was Yanni Gord. Uh, Chris Drieger was challenged early by Yanni Gord as well. And two major 
chances, which one of them he converted on, Yanni Gord was just able to take advantage of turnovers by Yandel. He had an early chance on a Yandel turnover that was eventually saved by Drieger. And it was actually shorthanded in when the Florida Panthers killed the Tampa Bay Lightning's power play and went on a four-on-four for 52 seconds on a trip by Kucherov. And let's not forget that the Tampa Bay Lightning had a shorthanded goal in game one by by Blake Coleman in that one. And, you know, that's that's another thing with turnovers while you're up the man advantage. And Gord had two chances and converted on one of them where he was able to get the second one, which is via the empty net opportunity. And at the 1835 mark of the third period, and that was, you know, bingo, game over for that, for the Tampa Bay Lightning. And now they're up to nothing and Florida's backs against the wall. But the, the, the common denominator, a lot of the times when it comes to these turnovers, while on the power play and giving up short-handed opportunities, the common denominator. I, 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 I hate to, I hate to beat the dead horse so many times. Like you've beaten the dead horse sometimes, and other Panther podcasters. And but the Keith Yandel man, it's, it's just something that we've been talking about for so long. You and Josh, when you guys were the host of this show, you guys were pointing out consistently how much of a problem this was and what I keep asking myself, I keep asking myself and it's the postseason. coach Q doesn't have to worry about a streak with scratching Keith Yandel. What, what's it going to take? Well, if I, I, if tonight's blunder doesn't do it, I don't know what will, but you know, you're right that the, the streak doesn't matter in the playoffs. I think it was a really careless play. I think it was, you know, a very lackadaisical effort on that. Uh, I don't know what he was thinking. I don't know what he was doing. But for God's sakes, that was a miserable play. And I think, you know, his teammates should be really ticked off about that. And um, you can't, you can't have him out there if if that's gonna if that kind of stuff is gonna happen. I know we're trying to, you know, use his offensive capabilities, but. I think we have to put that to rest. I, I think that the mm-hmm. team is capable enough, uh, has enough offensive uh, weapons, and, and, you know, that we don't have to rely on Keith Yandel and put up with his offensive ability, uh, which doesn't overrule his defensive lapses. It's just it's gotten to the point where um, it's too much. And, you know, yeah, Josh and I beat it with a dead horse and, you know, it's still being talked about. and gosh darn it, I probably jinxed it when I did my article a few days ago when I said, you know, uh, the playoffs can come down to a, a bad bounce or a, a, a bad turnover. And I specifically mentioned Keith Yandel, and here we are. He just made a bad turnover that cost us a goal. So um, I, anybody else that was not playing who's a defenseman tonight 
could have been in the lineup instead. And he didn't get a lot of minutes tonight. I mean, I looked at one point, I think mm-hmm. it was after the second period, he only played a little bit over seven minutes. That's a lot of minutes. That's not a lot of minutes uh, for a Keith Yandel. So if that's the case, don't even dress him. Yeah. And I'm looking at it right now and a third, just about a third, maybe a little more of his ice tight is just a power play. Yeah. 1435. Excuse me, 4.35 of his 13 minutes and 43 seconds were power play time. So, I mean, maybe that has, I mean, that has somewhat to do with why they went 7D as well. But, of course, you're missing Sam Bennett in this one. So, there's a lot of, there's a lot, I'm I'm not saying Q had to do this on the fly because he knew ahead of time that Bennett was going to be suspended for this one but it, it just when when you have a suspension like that and with one of your top six players then you're kind of in a in a you're kind of in a little bit of a juggle yeah with, with this and so if big if if the if coach q finally decides to pull the plug and put someone else in the lineup who who do you who do you think that can that should be oh you got a few choices i mean uh you got uh uh kevin Connaughton, mm-hmm. uh who i you know he he's an older guy so he's a veteran probably would not be too nervous playing in a playoff game uh then you get to uh noah Juleson, who hasn't played for a while only played four um, games this season. Yeah, only played four games this season. And while he looked good in the games he played, you know, I would bet you he could be a bundle of nerves. Um, the the youngster from college, um, I forget his last name. Kirstead. Kirstead, yeah. I, I don't know if I would be putting him in there just because, you know, you're dealing with another set of uh, of nerves. So, I, I would feel fine going in with Connaughton. That's, mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he brings a little bit of toughness. He brings a little bit of uh, uh, agitation with him. And he's a defensive defenseman. And, and that's fine. That, that, that's okay. I'm, I'm good with that. I'd feel fine if he was in the lineup instead. Or just keep Strawman in and put in another forward and sit mm-hmm. Yandel. I mean, you, you, could, you could do that too. Obviously, Bennett will be back in and you know, we'll have our full complement. So there, there's that decision as well. And at times, Strawman and Gudis have been a pair the, this season. So, yeah, Strawman wasn't that bad tonight. He, he was okay. He, he mm. was okay. Uh, he didn't, you know, and, and again, if you can shelter his minutes and shelter the, you know, the, the time of when he's on the ice, uh, it, it would probably be fine. Mm-hmm. And, that's a big if, but honestly, it's come to a point where you don't expect it, but if it happens, it's like, okay, Coach Q did what was best for the team. I'm not I'm not counting it. I don't or and I don't think a lot of other Panther fans were are counting on it neither. So this this game let's talk about a few final points 
to the the Florida Panthers in game one. I mean, the a lot of the four on fours from game one had were results of the many hits mm-hmm. that the Florida Panthers were giving on the Tampa Bay Lightning. But in this one, it was the other way around where the confidence from the Tampa Bay Lightning winning game one carried over where they led this game in hits too. It, it yeah. 42 to 37. And it, it it was just a confidence level that the Tampa Bay Lightning had knowing that they just got back two of their guys mm-hmm. in Kucherov and Stamkos. And here we go. We, we, they know that they can win on the road and they out physical the Panthers in this one too. Yeah. And, you know, game one was a winnable game for the Panthers. Mm-hmm. It really, really was. Uh, they could have easily have won that game. This game, I, I don't believe that they played with the same confidence, and I don't believe they played with the same um, uh, aggressiveness. Okay, but it's still, they, you know, I don't want to say they only lost three to one with one empty net goal, but, you know, had they played with the same confidence and with the same uh, behavior and style, they could have won this game too. So either it, the series really sh- could be one, one apiece easily mm-hmm. could be one apiece. And, and, th- and then everybody's uh, thought process would be a heck of a lot different than what it probably is right now. You know, going to Tampa being one, one. Okay. You know, that, that definitely it's going to come back to Florida, uh, South Florida, no matter what. Now we have to win at least one game for it to come back down here. It's doable. But mm-hmm. they have to play. They're going to have to play mistake-free hockey Thursday night. Definitely, and in this one, I felt like even when Mason Marchment scored to make it two to one, I felt like it was still such a big hill to climb because as soon as they went down up, excuse me, as soon as the Tampa Bay Lightning went up two to nothing, and. Like we talked about earlier, the Panthers were just not getting a lot of shots in front of the net. A lot of them were not even close to Vasilevsky. So I, it, it felt it, it felt like a bigger deficit. Did you feel like it was a bigger one when it, even when it was two to one? Yeah, I mean that was a you know that was like a that was a dirty goal you know which we needed, but um, I, I didn't feel like we like I didn't feel a momentum swing. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, we got the goal. It was nice, but I didn't feel any momentum swing our way or or begin to carry over. I felt like we still had a lot of work ahead of us. Yeah, and they had a lot of work ahead of them then, and the Florida Panthers currently have a lot of work ahead of them right now as they are down two games to nothing against the Tampa Bay Lightning, where the Florida Panthers and Tampa Bay Lightning will be facing off on Thursday, 6.30 p.m. I believe the game is on USA Network on Thursday night, and then they have their Saturday game against Tampa Bay at 12.30 a matinee. And like you said, Frank, they got at least – win one of them to bring this back home to South Florida. But I want to thank you for joining me on this episode of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast to break down this 3-1 to loss against the Tampa Bay Lightning. I wish 
you could have been on the podcast under different circumstances with a win. But hey, the Florida Panthers have an opportunity to to bring this hopefully back home. Well, thanks for having me. Um, I certainly enjoy doing these. And, uh, you know, hopefully I'll be able to be on another one, uh, which would mean that the series is uh, still going. So uh, uh, always good to do this and keep up the great work. Really enjoy listening to you in the morning when uh, um, I'm on my way to the office. Thank you so much, Frank, for joining me. Have a good night, everybody. Or actually have a good day, everybody, because you're hearing this in the morning. And thank you once again to Frank Rikas, the owner and operator of PantherParkway.com, for coming on the show to talk about the 3-1 to loss against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And here we are. We, The conversation that I had with Frank, I felt like it was an appropriate tone based on the Florida Panthers being down two games to none with the opportunity to go on the road and get one against the Tampa Bay Lightning and they have an off day in between and then puck drop is Thursday night 6 30 p.m. USA Network and Bally Sports Florida for the people living in South Florida. So if you like what you're hearing please subscribe to the podcast so you get notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast goes live. Don't forget to also check the Locked On NHL where they will be covering all the Stanley Cup playoffs throughout the next month or two. And don't forget to also subscribe to the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. And once you're done listening to this podcast, tune into the Locked On Today podcast. Jason Tatum put the Boston Celtics on his back and advanced them out of the playing round. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. So I'm Armando Velez, signing off. And you've been listening to the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're your team every day.